Hello and welcome to another episode of the Menswear Style Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Brooker, and today I am talking to the founder of Your Bag, Marie Callan. Uh, Your Bag is, or maybe Urbag, we'll get into that, but Your Bag is a British brand pioneering sustainability in the fashion aftercare industry, driven by a strong environmental spirit and desire for innovation and circularity. Your Bag is a social enterprise on a mission to rid the world of single-use plastic garment covers with a smarter, more luxurious, reusable and sustainable alternative. By eliminating single-use plastic in an industry rife with excess plastic consumption, we hope to create a new blueprint for business and consumers alike. And that I peeled from the yourbagofficial.com website, obviously. So there you go. And we're going to be talking now to the founder and telling us all about how this came together. The founder for Your Bag, Marie Callum. Hello. Yeah, thank you for having me uh, on this podcast. Um, so my, my name is Marie Callan. I am the founder of Our Bag. Some people will say Your Bag, but still to be decided. Um, so how do I present this to my friends? I created Our Bag to tackle single-use plastic in the fashion aftercare industry. So namely dry cleaning and laundry services. And to do so... I have designed a duffel and garment bag combo, so three-in-one bag that allows customers to use only one bag to drop off, collect, and store their clothes from the dry cleaner. So the bag, which is more than just a product, it's a project that was designed to address the like of convenience, really, in dry cleaning and the unnecessary use of plastic. That's something that's always been driving me crazy. Oh, so yeah. I, I just thought, you know, um, something else needed to be to exist, especially in the age of innovation and climate change. Why on earth were we still using plastic in dry cleaning? And that's uh, how Airbag was born, um, to really be a product, a solution-focused product um, that combines style, function, and sustainable fabric. Amazing. Well, Marie, you must have been under the breakfast table the other morning when I was talking to my girlfriend Anastasia, because it really does grind my gears the amount of plastic that we get back from the dry cleaners. I mean, it's absolutely insane. And when I stumbled upon your brand, I was like, well, that makes sense. I'm just amazed that I've not heard about this sooner or it's not more prevalent in, in my stream. But the, what was your background coming into this? So I arrived, I'm French-born, as you can hear. So I arrived here about 16, 17 years ago. And I initially was working for the Financial Times Group for about seven years. And um, I obviously worked with numbers of publications within the group. But the, the big change for me was when I joined the uh, what they call the Financial Times Live, so the event side of the Financial Times where they organize roundtable. And this is where I started getting familiar with sustainability and what they called a business for good. So combining businesses um, with government policymakers and NGOs to drive sustainability agenda within the businesses. And that's where I really starting to realize uh, all this fair, this space about sustainability and how we can change the world really through business. 
And uh, I, I stayed there for a couple of years when I ended up my seven years at the Financial Times. I decided to, to do some field work. So I moved into social enterprises and charity world for a few years in Europe and Sub-Saharan Africa, where I drive, I drive um, a number of projects from microfinance to carbon offset programs. And then I jumped into the entrepreneurial world um, when I met one of my co-founders of my previous startup and addressing waste in packaging waste, more specifically in um, e-commerce delivery. And um, then things uh, we, we took, we, we separated, we, we parted ways and I um, then created Airbag that way on right. my way back from work. And uh, I just was so frustrated with my dry cleaning plastic. Mm. Um, and I had a project in my, I was pregnant, uh, about to give birth to my first baby. So I had plenty of time and that's how the project um, started really. And so whilst you were feeling your way around at the beginnings of this project, was there anything else around at the same time that was solving this issue? But this, this is exactly where the project started because one day I was coming back to the dry cleaner, not because we do dry cleaning, it's mainly because I was taking the shirts, like many of us, in fact, we take our shirts to the dry cleaner because I have no intention to um, do, do laundry and ironing uh, the oh, shirts. Oh, yeah, now I'm with you. Uh, and I think I'm not the only one in this case. Yeah. And uh, I felt like, let me find something because... I had to carry my bag where I put my clothes to drop off to the dry cleaner, but then the dry cleaner always refused to keep my bag. Uh, one of them, in fact, told me, you know, I'm not here to, um, to do your recycling or take your waste. And fairly enough, you know, if they, they do that for every uh, client, they never, they never end. Mm. So, and then I feel like I have government bag at home, but... It, you know, I never came around to bringing those with me to the dry cleaner. So I looked at the solution and nothing. I looked on Chinese website, Amazon, the US, and I thought there's nothing out there that could be convenient. It's not possible. And my dry cleaner said but they didn't have any solution either. Mm. So that's how I feel like that. that's so frustrating. And surely there, there must be something. So... I didn't find anything and I started analyzing, okay, well, if I have to bring a bag to the dry cleaner and I have to take my clothes in a garment bag, why, why don't we just do a combo bag? Mm. Yeah. And I looked for it, nothing, at least not available at all to a B2C uh, market, nothing that we can find in any shops or any website for that matter. So this is when I had my hooray, you know, moment. I thought, you know, maybe I should, I should try to do something about this. There's something but there. I had no background in fashion or no background in dry cleaning, but I had plenty of time. And I had uh, my baby at the time, just born, so I had plenty of time to think and plenty of evenings um, to, 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 to do some prototypes. And that's how the idea was born, really. Okay, I want to get into that. I want to drill down on the process of how you became, how you managed to get the prototypes together. But before that, I, I will say that the, the plastic, the virgin plastic that you get from dry cleaners is the most useless plastic as well, because they pierce it at one end to put over the hanger. 
and then it's open-ended at the other so you can get the garment out but you can't use it even as like a like a bin bag or anything because it's already pierced at one end so what you have is like this open sleeve of plastic that you can literally just do nothing with apart from ball it up and throw it into recycling uh yeah and hope that they take it because you shouldn't be putting that in recycling anyway and yeah, so, but that's exactly the point, Peter, because um, they actually, some dry cleaners said, yeah, you can recycle them. And I went to the um, to one of our recyc- a big recycling center in London and they said, actually, no, we don't recycle them because they block the machines. Mm. The double layer of plastic block the machines. So they have these big belts and these big vacuums in the uh, in the ceiling. And as soon as they see those plastic bags, they vacuum them out. Not that they see them often because most people don't put them in a recycling bin. Right, right. But they're not recyclable and they're not biodegradable either. Uh, as we know, plastic will degrade in microplastic anyway. Yeah. It's the worst kind of plastic. That's what I mean. I agree with you. It's just, it has literally no use. I mean, like if you buy plastic bags, you try, and, or at least I try and make several other uses out of them. You know, maybe I'll take them again to the shops and and or i'll do the cat litter trays with them or whatever i make sure that you know it's not just one plastic bag and that's it going into trash but with these things you can i mean it is the most painful of plastic and also you touched upon it there where you people go to dry cleaners not just to get stuff dry clean but to get stuff ironed i mean i've been guilty of that as well uh you know and i i saw like this business van the other day that the, the name of the business, and you know, this free promotion for them, but it's literally just said I hate ironing.com. And, and that's, the, that's the business. It's a very niche market. But I did think well, it's a little bit harsh on the people that work for that company. You know, you're, you're basically saying that I do the worst job in the world. Um, unless you really love ironing, then you're kind of, you have that conflict. Yeah, but they, I think that from a brand perspective, uh, that that's great. I, I know, I know those uh, those guys. They actually have um, uh, they have a laundry uh, factory not too far from uh, where I live. Um, so I see them all the time as well. And I think the branding is brilliant actually, because a lot of people will that will touch point of the. Um, on the pain that people feel about mm. ironing. And I know it's uh, it's not very nice to the people that they do iron, but uh, most of us don't want to take the time or, or it's not patient and, um, patient enough to do that, you know? Well, also, it's genius branding. Uh, if you burn all the shirts anyway, let's just say, you, and then you go, well, how, how you, bought, you burn all my shirts? And you go, well, you know, I hate ironing. That's the name of the company. Exactly. You, know, you gave me your shirt. You kind of threw the dice on that one. I mean, it says it on the van. Very clearly logo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I digress. Please, Marie, talk about the, uh, you're about to go into the prototype. So where do you start with that if you don't have the background of fashion or you know, pattern making or making garments and garment holders? What, where were the, the first touchstones? Yeah, that was a very interesting journey, actually. I uh, So where do you start where you don't even know where to start? Right, yeah. Um, so that was my first, um, my first point. And I thought, okay, well, I have kind of an idea in my head. And I could, I'm not even good at drawing, so I could not, I could not draw it. But I thought I'm going to take a plastic sheet, um, not plastic sheet, a bed sheet, sorry. Um, and... I started doing small prototype like this and it took me forever, quite frankly, quite a few evenings while the baby was sleeping 
um, to do this bag. And I tried to find different solutions. How can you make a bag, a duffel bag that unfolds into a garment bag, but, but keep it hygienic? Because how are we going to, okay, you have dirty laundry. Do you really want them to be in touch or in contact with your clean laundry? Not really. So mm. um, I, I just did many, many, many prototypes, some small, some big. And then one day, the, you know, the idea was kind of there. Um, but I could not, I didn't have the skills to to do it properly. So I took a sewing, sewing course. I borrowed a sewing machine from my friends. And then one, once I had my first prototype more or less finished, I went uh, to see a private seamstress and explained the, the project uh, to her. And she helped me finalize the details uh, from a professional you know, um, standpoint. So making sure that the, uh, the zip was working well or the opening at the top was working well while keeping the, the water out, all these little details. And then from there, I contacted a number of social enterprises to help me manufacture in London. I wanted to be very close to the design because at the time I just got the registered design granted by the UK IPO. And I wanted to make sure that we can develop this project quickly. Mm. And uh, so I found this little social enterprise um, that was doing great jobs with refugee women, so providing work and training. And that was really well aligned with a value that I wanted to promote. So we developed this project and the first production run at that time. Another challenge, quite frankly, when you do these kind of things is to source your materials. Right. So you have to do it with no knowledge. So I had to research textile and what is the best textile that would keep the shape but will be waterproof, but it's not really ethical or sustainable. So what are the different technologies that are going to help me making this product work? So I managed to find this textile innovator uh, in Europe and uh, starting sourcing. Obviously, you spend a lot of time on the internet trying to source different materials. You make a lot of mistakes. Um, and you, people don't necessarily want to deal with very small startups because we are not um, ordering the quantities that a, manuf a manufacturer or a supplier will want uh, from you. So it takes quite a lot of time for a startup to convince a manufacturer, suppliers to work with you. But once you have your your special supplier book, um, you have to keep them very close. And uh, I think there you can start, you know, developing your first production run and, and think about what's going to be the next step uh, in terms of supply. And how did you manage to hoodwink the suppliers? Was it just a, a matter of having convincing them that this was a very, very good idea? No, uh, so because I had these, um, these registered design, uh, I didn't want to speak a lot about the project uh, to many people because you have to approach a lot of manufacturers and suppliers. And it's just really um, personal relationships. 
when you you know um, have a good chat explain what you're trying to do so the, the general idea of a project but not going into details and it happens that uh, with this manufacturer for instance they um they had a uk representative here in london who we, we met and uh, they um yeah that we, we we had a very good uh, first connection and they they accepted to supply me with only 500 meters of fabric instead of a standard 1000 but it's it's purely the relationship that you develop with your suppliers interesting uh, by the way i did like the slogan where do you start when you don't know where to start i feel like that could be the title for your next coffee table book it's like i I can imagine loads of people just googling that like i have no idea where to begin can can someone yeah uh, exactly and uh you have to accept that you're going to spend quite a lot of time you know you just have to start somewhere so spend a lot of time trying yeah and i guess like you mentioned the trial and error of different fabrics when you don't have the experience going into it and especially dealing with uh like unknown quantities of suppliers abroad and stuff like that and you know nurturing those relationships and making sure you get exactly what you want not just in terms of the fabric but in the designs that you had in your head so yeah i bet that was a process you mentioned the the grant as well um what do you mind what grant was that so you this is how you raise the capital yeah so at, at the beginning uh the Quite frankly, we're still very small. So the the beginning, I invested most of my savings, um, and from there we um, so we managed with savings that I had. We managed to to do the first production run, mm. uh, the first branding, and having buying uh, having to buy all the supplies. Um, but then COVID hit. So uh, mm. by the time we re- you know we developed the design. Uh, develop relationship and production things like that we were in december 2020 2019 mm-hmm. sorry and then uh obviously as we starting 20 uh 2020 we we already knew some some things were going on and we were about to launch and then covid hit so we and i had my second baby in april that year so we just put the project on the hold in the meantime we had access to the uh, bounce back uh, loan and through there we managed to uh, obviously get a loan to get us started again because we were hoping to make all the money back with the sales uh, pretty quickly but obviously that didn't happen for quite a long time the project being really centered around suits and um, you know evening wear cocktail dresses weddings all of a sudden nobody was going anywhere so the project had almost no sense during COVID so the bounce back loan allowed us to go back uh, to trading and then from there obviously we're starting to grow organically uh, through sales keeping the overheads quite low right and the next step, in fact, will be um, to seek investments either from crowdfunding or um, probably angel angel investment at some point. Very interesting. Well, we also spoke offline about the name of the bag, as in that, sorry, the name of the brand. 
and how it can be maybe mispronounced in one way or correctly mispronounced in another way. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And that's, um, in fact, that's that's one of the questions that I have the most, uh, even among my customers, how do you pronounce the name of your brand? Mm. Uh, so the idea originally was the combination of urban and bag. Um, so I created urbag this way and this is the, the, the name and the pronunciation I had in my head originally but then especially in the Anglo-Saxon space a lot of people were speaking about your bag mm. but it can also be your bag uh, it makes complete sense so I think that would be as we mentioned earlier quite a good social media engagement of video and asking people how would you pronounce that that name because I think it's definitely something that you read different to what you say. So I think you read it Urbag. I've been reading Urbag for the last uh, couple of weeks whilst we've been back and forth on email. But like I said, just talking to you, I want to say Urbag because that makes, I guess, more sense. Yeah, exactly. But it's a very British English thing, isn't it, to, mm. to read and pronounce words completely differently, uh, which was my main difficulty when I first learned English actually and so other than the name what's been the reaction so you know you have the product you've you've been out now for a couple of years uh, what's been the main feedback uh, we had actually really good feedback um, most people say finally somebody came up with a smart idea yeah. um, why is, why nobody gave that solution before because the the bag um, is not only a garment bag. It's um, a lot of my clients told me um, I, I take it as a travel bag, but I take it as uh, to go shopping or to go to the beach or as a weekend away bag. Um, but I also take it to store my clothes, uh, my seasonal clothes. So that's a really multi-use bag and people have been really happy about having a solution to just drop off and collect your clothes without plastic. Mm. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, one of the most common questions that we had is a little bit of a concern about, yeah, but the dry cleaners, how they're reacting to this? Are they accepting the bag? Because we are not only bringing a bag, we're asking them to change the process of how they do things. Yes. And it's very true. Uh, and the answer to that, um, it, it's a little bit longer than what we would like, but you have two types of dry cleaners. You have the first one who uh, will send all your clothes to factories, and that's where the problem is. That's why they have plastic, to protect the clothes during the transportation. And then you have all the dry cleaners that have everything on site and this is therefore not an issue so they will most people will ask their, their their clothes naked as they call it so without plastic and that's not an issue they can just put the airbag in it mm. now we work with a lot of dry cleaners and nobody so far has been refusing the bag now you do sometimes have to have conversations and but if you want to change a system you have to have those conversations. Mm. So the dry cleaner's reality right now is that the cost of plastic almost tripled the last two years. Oh, wow. Okay. 
So they they came to a point where, yeah, okay, that's very convenient to have plastic because it's single-use, it's automated most of the time, but it's starting to cost us a lot of money for nothing because ultimately people arrive home, take the, the plastic off the clothes and put it in the bin. If you, by the way, don't do that, you might stain your clothes by leaving the plastic on your clothes in the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. Because it stains the clothes. Yeah. So they're also very uh, happy if you leave a bag behind, if they can use it to save costs on plastic. So mm. if you leave a bag, and they may have to be introduced to the idea, but client is king. It's a very disseminated market, very competitive. Uh, we will see a lot of um, consolidation on the market, I, I think, um, especially after COVID. So people are fighting to keep clients, to keep clients happy. And they know plastic tax is coming. Mm. Today, they have to charge customers 10p for all the plastic bags that they give to At the least, at least that's going, well, I mean, dry cleaners, but in shops, that's rocketing up now. Yes, exactly. So there is a new law in the UK where plastic bags are not charged at 10p, not only on big businesses, but all the businesses need to apply this tax. Mm -hmm. Is it enforced all the time? No, but it will. Mm -hmm. And uh, businesses, especially dry cleaners, need to start getting ready and then know it. So we actually been called by dry cleaners uh, asking if they can stock the bag, offer it, offer the bag to their customers. And so the, the, the general feedback has been really good. But it's not only a product, it's a project. We, we, we're here to change a behavior. Mm. We're here to change industry processes because they're going to need to change. So it will take time. And when you suggest change, Sometimes you are faced with resistance, but that's normal. And those conversations need to happen. Now, on the other hand also of the spectrum is the customer that kind of had enough of looking a bit silly with a plastic sheet on your shoulder, over the shoulder as he walks back to the, from the dry cleaner. Mm. You know, you, you bring your bags. You never know what to do with your bag once you drop off your clothes. And then you have to take all this plastic over your shoulder back home where you're going to have to throw it away anyway. Mm-hmm. So offering a stylish, nice bag where the, the wool culture at the moment is starting to grow against plastic and to, to sponsor and promote bring your own bag is time. You have to ditch the single-use plastic culture. Mm. That's over. We, we need to change. And you're right, There's, it's an elegant way of actually going back and forth with the clothes that you're... So it's kind of counterintuitive that you're looking after these clothes, you're really proud of them, you want them to have a good long life, but then the way that you're carrying them and transporting them, just they, they look like crap in these plastic sheets or schlocked in a bag. So it, it does make sense to have something quite elegant when you're looking after these clothes and you're, uh, you know, you're in transportation with them. So Marie, I'm a fan, love the products, love the idea, the philosophy, dig it. And um, I'm sure it's going to take off as soon as we create some more awareness and people actually find that this is a solution 
and that it's not such a bad thing to change habits because again you you touched upon it that you're not just selling something you're also trying to sell a different way of thinking or a different way of going about things which is it kind of has that extra add-on difficulty but at the same time once people plug into that i'm sure it will then just uh, reap the benefits of that and take off so uh yep the uh mm-hmm. Yourbagofficial.com or ohbagofficial.com is a place people can go. And um, your Instagram handle, we are your bag. Yes. Is that yes, the place you hang out? Is, is that where you hang out? Are you the, the lady behind it? Yes, I am actually. We yeah. um, I have a small team for, um, as well helping me with social media, but we, I do most of it. Yes. Awesome. So people, when they message you there, that will be you replying, which is good to know. And we'll put all the links yeah, over at menswearstyle.co.uk so people can check out the show notes there. But in the meantime, Marie, take care of yourself. Thank you, Peter. You've been listening to the Menswear Style podcast. Be sure to head over to menswearstyle.co.uk for more menswear content and email info at menswearstyle.co.uk if you'd like to be a future guest on the show. Finally, please help support the show by leaving a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time.